Welcome to episode 91 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. What's up? It is Monday night, February 9th. And tonight we're here to talk about some of DC's post-convergence offerings. 24 new books. Some cool, some questionable. Uh, We're going to talk about the super boring Daredevil trailer from Netflix. And maybe a little what you've been reading if you're good. But before we get into the main hulking mass of the show, we Matt tease. needs to say something. <laughs> we tease what you... I feel He's like dying. the last 12 times that we've said we're going to do what you've been reading, we never ever get to it. And then the listeners that are like, but you said at the top of the show you're going to do what you've been reading, and then they I never think, know what we've been reading. I think we've left it pretty ambiguous. And we may get to what you've been reading. But we never do, so it's almost like... They, the listeners are like, yeah, we've heard that before, assholes. So where are they There's no guarantee. They know right? we're not gonna, they're not going to get it. So tonight we will not be doing what you've been reading. And Is if that- you get it at the end, it's a surprise. It's an added bonus for the loyal fans that stuck in and listened to the whole thing. So Ian, why don't you kick us off with housekeeping? Uh, I was a little sick last week. I'm sorry we missed an episode. How are you sick? I went, I, I had some, maybe some questionable meat from a local grocery store, which shall remain nameless. And I had a little tummy ache during the oh, Super Bowl. sour belly. A little sour belly during the Super Bowl, a little sour belly the next day. Actually, sour belly for like a week straight. I don't, so maybe I was just regular sick. But what helped me get through my sickness and my time of need, McSauce.com. I went there, looked at the strips that me and you do, and I laughed, and I laughed, and it was great. Uh, It was an an elixir to my sour belly. Nothing cures a sour belly like self-serving comics. (laughs) I just stroked my own ego and read some reviews. But that's not how it goes. You look at those things and you go, man, I'm a shitty artist. Yeah, that is how it goes. Don't tell the people that. Um... Read the read the the strips, the beautiful, glorious web comics that we produce. The podcast that generally is there on Wednesdays. You can go to the Facebook page and you can become one of the the loyal over two hundred fans. You can like us and join the conversation that we are having. You'll always be updated as to what's going on in the McSauce universe and comic books in general by going to the McSauce Facebook page. Go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. Stitcher, you can stream. Podomatic, you can also stream or download the podcast. And for the hardcore fans that want to hear the beginnings, you can go to the McSauce Libsyn page, McSauce Podcast at Libsyn.com, Liberated Syndicate, to get all your old-timey McSauce needs met. Good show. That'll wrap it up. Do we want to do what you've been reading before we sign mm. off for the night? I feel like I feel like Libsyn really fucked themselves with that name. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because unless you spell it out, it sounds different, no matter who who says it. Like I, I'm just thinking L I B S I N Libsyn, but that's not right. Right. S Y N. S Y N. For Syndicate. Do you do you remember the computer game Syndicate back in the mid to late nineties? I do not. It was a game that was a top-down kind of view, like an isometric kind of point of view. Yeah. And in it, you had these four 
cyborgs that you would load up with like heavy machine guns and all kinds of weapons and shit. And I can remember one of the things that you would do was you would give one of them what was called a Persuadatron or something like that. And it was like, it looked like Egon's um, like ghost detector from the beginning of uh, the first the EKG meter? The EKG meter, yeah. The old kinda, ghost detector. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and in Syndicate, you had a similar thing, but the way it worked was you would like, you would be walking along with it and um, you would, if you came within a certain like proximity to another person, they would like become persuaded to follow you basically, and then they would attack anybody that attacked you. And you would get these hordes of people walking by your side, like attacking people, and they would get mowed down because they were just people and didn't have weapons. But man, that was a good game. Good times. Good times. I don't remember Syndicate at all. Um... I'm trying to think of this game. What? It was a computer game. It wasn't on like a system. It was on PC, and it was uh, it was made by a company called Bullfrog. Paul, are you still with us? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally. I'm but this was a good video game. Were um, you a big PC gamer back in the day, man? No, my brother was. He had the computer and he knew how to install the games. This was back when you would type in uh, CD backslash. Blah blah blah. Like it was running DOS. It wasn't right. even in Windows yet, from what I recall. And um, it was just weird. I didn't understand why it was so like unintuitive to get into a video game at that time. I had a Commodore 64 for many years back in the 80s, and the main thing that we would do is play video games. That my dad he would borrow video games, or you could copy from floppy disk to floppy <laughs> disk, and he'd come home from his buddy's house, and he'd have like racks of these like <laughs> illegal video games basically <laughs> they're super mario brothers but it was like the craziest version of super mario brothers because it was somebody made it so it was like uh, super mario brothers but like in space so it kind of looked like the mario sprite but he was running around and fighting like asteroid aliens oh but it was fun man like it was it was cool but those old games you would have to type in like you know load quotations comma 8 comma 1 return and then it would take you to another screen and then you had to hit run and then it would play the game it was like this whole language that you had have to program in just to play a video game sounds not fun no it wasn't and you could you could bring up like you could bring up the list of video games that were on like you had to you had to type in the actual game's name on the disc to bring it up and uh -huh. if you didn't know then you'd have to bring up the list and then go through the list not fun at all very labor intensive the, sounds awful the game that i used to enjoy back back in those days was um i really liked oregon trail i thought that was a lot of fun we played that in school though like in computer was class. part of the reason why Oregon Trail is thought of as fun was because we played it in school. Because well, I'm thinking that that's what it was. It could have been. And the thing with Oregon Trail, you is it Oregon or Oregon? Oregon, Oregon Trail. So the Oregon Ducks is that how you refer to them? Not Oregon. I Oregon. I don't follow college sports. <laughs> how dare you? So in the Oregon, Oregon Trail, Trail, it's a pretty lengthy game in terms of like needing more than 30 to 40 minutes to play it and that's how long computer class was so you would only have time to set up your whole crew right and then go off onto the old oregon trail um which frankly i don't know oh where the or 
Oregon. Uh, one more time? Oregon. It's Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Oregon? I think yeah. it's Oregon. Yeah. It's Oregon. I always said Oregon, but anybody that refers to Oregon Trail always calls it Oregon, Oregon Trail. Because it's like, <laughs> it's more a problem. Because your family is gone on the Oregon Trail. Unless you were the leader of that party, you were going to fucking die from dysentery. You always died of dysentery. You always did somewhere. Or you get stuck in the mountains. It snowed. Cannibalism. That's I don't remember that portion of the game. I remember dysentery. There was um, uh, some kind of like dehydration kind of problems. Uh, no Gatorade back on the Oregon and, Trail. And why was hunting so hard? I couldn't hit a fucking thing. I appreciate Oregon Trail for what it is and what it was, but I never liked it. I never enjoyed it. It was fun for 10 seconds because you were playing video games in school. And that was the novelty of it. It and was video games in school, but even then, I was like, isn't there something else we can Your name right was now? in it too, which was pretty cool. That's like, true. You could... You Could you select died of dysentery? Right. Could you like select? I forget. It's been a long time. Could you select like I want to be this settler or I want to be this you, guy? There were three like things to pick from. You could pick a banker, a farmer, or something else. A banker on... is like you have to make it to like the settlement, right, for you to be important. I don't remember exactly the way it worked, but they start with more money. So oh, more resources. I get it. Okay. But there's uh, some disadvantage to being a banker. Like, I think you have more money, but maybe less skills or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way that uh, the banker can hunt at How all. dare they stereotype the banker? <clears throat> well, you have to give them some, some high-level powers. And, like, the, uh, like, think of Gauntlet, right? Like, yeah. uh, um, like, the barbarian dude couldn't do some things that maybe the... Um, what was it? A archer. It, it was, was a wizard, an elf, and a, and a barbarian, right? Was there a chick, too? Right? Oh, Is that right? Maybe she uh, was the wizard or something. She wasn't. There's no wizard chicks. The wizette. Is that what it is? There is no... <laughs> sorceress? Sorceress? Uh, is a wizette? Female wizards were called wizettes. Wizettes? <laughs> is there a different... Like, what, so what's the difference between a sorcerer... And a sorceress a, a, and a wizard. A wizardess. Like, yeah, like a wizardess. Like, what's the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard? Is it the hat? Is that it? I I feel like a sorcerer is more bad. A wizard's good. Wizard's good. Sorcerer's bad. Doesn't it just sound like a sorcerer? I like, get it. Yeah. Bad news? But a wizard, he's like, it's, he's like whimsical. Yeah. You know, they're the same thing. They are, but there's no f well, there's okay. no female version of different, wizard. Different names for the same thing. What about a warlock? How does he feel? Warlock. Out? That's totally because, bad. Because war no, it's not totally bad. Warlock, warlock is, is like is witch. The male witch. Male witch and witch is bad. And witches right? and warlocks are different than wizards and sorcerers. Right. We have fallen so far down the total dork rabbit hole at this point. We need to get back onto some. Let's get back on comic books. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> like manly nothing. men. We yeah. all know there's nerd hierarchy. Debating wizards, sorceresses, and warlock and wizards. Warlocks and wizettes. This is not this is not where we where, where we need to be. No? If you guys want to Well what's the difference? Like can we oh let's settle sorcerer wizard. Like is it I, I feel like it's clothing. Like person who practices sorcery, black magician, wizard. Black magician. Black magician. Man, no Merlin reason to bring is a sorcerer and a wizard. 
Same who, with Gandalf. He, yeah. Who is the black magician? It's just, that's another term for it. I feel like only one of us at the table could be that. That's well, me. Oh. I don't see how that's possible. I don't know. I've got more soul than Ian. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? You guys should have a dance-off right now. Great oh, rating. I can't dance. <laughs> I don't know. Can you dance? No. All right. It would no. be horrible. Can you dance, Matt? No. Do no? I look like I can dance? You might. You have secret abilities. <laughs> That's how I feel. They would be very. They would be secret yeah. to me as well. Yeah, yeah. None of us can dance. If I if I if I were to pick someone at this table to be a good dancer, it would have been Matt. I'm yeah, it's not superpowers. Yeah, it's totally not me. I think I could be. I just haven't had the proper wherewithal or training or general training, like dance training, like yeah. dance instruction. Yeah, you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, I guess, to, yes, I. Like do. I haven't practiced it. You know how Napoleon Dynamite did the, the the training video, the VHS tape in his room, and he got really good at dancing. Right. I feel like if I devoted my time to kind of dancing to a particular tune, I think I could hook it up. That's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, I don't enjoy dancing. Never did. I don't mm. like it either. I don't derive pleasure of it. And ever, no. like through my entire life, it's been. Oh, come on, come on, dance. Let's come on, dance. Come on, come on, dance. And it's not because I'm scared. It's not because I don't want to make a fool of myself, which I've done plenty of. It's because I don't get any enjoyment out of it. Me neither. I just, it's not fun. I really don't. And I also don't like the guilt factor of, come on, let's dance. Like, well, no, I don't want to do it. Oh, come on. Well, no, fuck you. Get away from me. I don't want to dance. Who are you saying this to? To anybody that would ask me to dance. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. If somebody comes up to you and asks you to dance, your reaction is, fuck, fuck you, you, get away from me. <laughs> fuck you, get away from me. Ask anyone. Ask my wife. That's what I say to her. I don't like dancing either, although I am embarrassed to dance because I know that I'm not at that Napoleon Dynamite level yet, right. but I, my biggest problem with it is I don't care for the music they play to make people dance. The right. stuff I tend to listen to isn't really dance kind of music. Yeah. It's more pump your fist in the air, headbang Sacrifice a, a goat, that kind of well, thing. Well, I don't know if I listen to that exactly, but it's it rocks. Whereas dancing is just kind of, eh, it's got a beat, it's got a rhythm, but it doesn't rock. I need my shit to rock. Yeah, I mean, like, I I can get into dance music, but I'm not going to dance. It doesn't make me want to get up and dance. When, when Who's your say, favorite dance artist? Dance artist? I don't, I mean, like, I like Beyonce. Dance artist, do we say? I get, yeah, I mean, you yeah, shake your ass to that. Yeah, right, right. I like Beyonce. I guess. Yeah. Is... Is, is any R&B artist a dance artist? I would think so, because they all have that strong, like, electro beat. That Could I pick Maroon 5 as a dance artist? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like a pop, dancey kind of thing. Now they are. Yeah. They used to be a pop rock outfit. Now they're straight up dance. They're like Bee Gees 2015. They really are. Bee Gees. I could dance to that. That would make yeah. me get up off my chair and yeah. dance. Me too. I danced my fucking ass off for the Bee Gees. I fell down the Bee Gees rabbit hole on YouTube a few weeks Did ago. Did you really? Got lost. Yeah, the video for Staying Alive shows. when they're walking through like that bombed out city or whatever the fuck they're doing in that is amazing. <laughs> in their disco suits 
with their lush beards and furious and their falsetto like fuck yes <laughs> if you did fuck that yes, in a ghetto in the 70s I'm pretty sure you'd get knifed I'm pretty sure but you can't tell me that if someone tried to knife them they wouldn't karate the shit out of the knifers it would be karate too that's a very 70s thing the I feel like would they would fuck them, them they would just show up like in white geese and and they would be dressed for it as well. I feel like, like they, they would the, spin and their like their night clothes would come off and it would be white gi underneath. Exactly. And they wouldn't throw punches. They would have the straight hand karate chop motions for everything. But then then swing a chop and not necessarily make contact, but just the force of the swing would send the assailant flying just, yeah, yards I into agree. some brick wall that crumbles on top of him. <laughs> and then they dance on top of it. Yeah. Don't fuck with the Bee Gees. And then they would like, they would turn like back to back and yeah. continue singing Staying Alive. Well, That's I feel how like they're go. like Voltron in a certain way. Once so, they combine forces, Oh, so like if you get Barry Gibb yeah. in an alley by himself, like you could kill him? Man, eh, let's not go crazy. You may you may land a couple punches. He's gonna fuck your day up, but you're gonna have more success against than you would against all Who was the black lion of... Was it Barry Gibb or Andy Gibb? I forget. Barry. Barry. Oh, oh. I, I forget. I forget. Soul point, one for me. We count that as soul? That's disco. Bee Gees had soul. Did they? It's okay. kind of disco. Two points for me. It's all disco. It is disco, but that doesn't mean that it, didn't, it doesn't have a bass. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't think of it as any kind of soul music. Disco isn't just disco. Disco has roots in all sorts of different Well, every kind of music genres. has roots in every genre. That's your... You're manipulating... And disco has heavy roots in R&B and dance. I realize that, but all... I don't know how soulful disco is. I don't think that you get soul points if we're going to hand out soul points. Well, I get soul points because you didn't know... Which, which game which was more powerful? Would be the black you're lion. right. You're, you're right. You're right. You get some kind of points. You get McSauce points. But that's everyone soul knows which BG is the black lion. The thing with McSauce points. Though, I wasn't sure. What can you get with McSauce points? If I take them to the to the counter and I want to get a prize with it, like what does McSauce points really buy me? Probably like a whoopee cushion. It would get you a empty beer can. Wow. No, I'd give you a full beer. A full beer. Full beer. What else are we going to talk about tonight? I think we're we've gonna, had a good show so far. You want to talk about Daredevil? Yeah, there was a trailer for Daredevil for the Netflix TV show. Hey, we just got a new like as we are broadcasting the show. Heather Scopel. Oh, thank you. Heather. I don't know you, but thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Heather. It's appreciated. Who's excited for Daredevil? I'm excited for Daredevil, but the trailer does not really do much for the excitement factor of it. It looks like it's going to be, from everything that I know of Netflix shows, I'm excited for that. But every the, the actual trailer, not a lot of weight behind no it. No two-point swing? No two-point swing, no. Did it two-point nope. swing you the other way? One point, maybe? In the negative? Yeah. Um. No, I, I just held, I held firm. At what were you at? I have no idea. Okay. We'll say well, I don't know. Where five. Are you now? I'm t- so you were like five. Five. Okay, like oh, five. this might be cool. Excitement and expectation. Yes. So you think it's going to be very mediocre? 
Could, uh, I mean, five is about as middle. How, how, about, how about this? Five and a six. Okay, slightly uh, would be above average. Six is, uh, you know, entertaining. It's okay. entertaining. Okay. Paul, did the trailer do anything to you to sway you one way or the other? Nothing. Where, where were you before the trailer then? I would say... I was at a five for excitement, a six for expectation. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be pretty good, and I still think it's going to be pretty good. Hmm. Um, I don't. I'm not ready to give it a seven. I'm not ready to give it an eight. I think six should be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this trailer is just fucking boring. I think the things that are going to make this show work aren't going to be impactful images that you can show off. I think it's going to be dialogue. It's going to be the dynamics between the characters, how the actors handle these roles, that's what's going to be cool about this show. And you can't really highlight that in a trailer. I hope that's the case, although the trailer did nothing to to push that. And I feel like they could have done a better job of letting us know that there was going to be certain moments or certain interactions between characters that were going to be noteworthy. But as it, as it is... This trailer made me less excited than I was. Oh, negative I swing. Did it really? Oh, hell yeah. Less excited. I was probably at a six for excitement. Mm-hmm. Maybe about a five for expectations, given Marvel's recent uh, track record with, with uh, TV shows. Um, well, have you watched Agent Carter? No. Okay. No. Have you watched Agent Carter, Ian? I've watched three episodes. And? I've been entertained, more so than with S.H.I.E.L.D. I heard I it was actually very good, mm. however, I've only heard that from one person. I've watched I watched all five it. episodes. I'm entertained. I'm entertained. More so than I was with S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if it's Haley Atwell that I like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's... It's Haley Atwell that I, I like. <laughs> I don't know if it's the quirky genre play that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. but there's something what... about the show that works more so than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'll tell you what's kind of nice about Agent Carter compared to S.H.I.E.L.D. is that S.H.I.E.L.D. exists in the current world with all these heroes out there. We're expecting that level of excitement, of effects, of heroism. We want to see people in an Iron Man suit. But Agent Carter happens before the big superhero boom in the Marvel U. So you don't need to worry about that. Like... What you're seeing in Agent Carter is what's in that universe. It doesn't feel like they're cheating you of anything. Right. Well, I mean, even though you do know in that universe there was a Red Skull, there was a Captain America, things like that. But they're dead at this point. That's true. That's true. But there's the possibility that that could happen. Right. But, like, in that story, I mean, they don't need to address that. Like, I agree. Cap's dead, and there's a lull in any super heroism up until... And it's really an origin story that isn't boxed in by anything. Anything can happen with this story. They can go anywhere. They can be as crazy as they want, or they can be as reserved as which. They're kind of balancing that line whenever they, you know, and I think it was the second episode, they suck an entire factory into a ball and put it on a truck bed. Like, that's kind of silly. But it still worked, and I'm still entertained with it. I'll finish out the miniseries. I also think that making it a miniseries was a good idea. Putting a start and finish on that. How many episodes? Six. Six? Yeah, but it's done so well that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if 
ABC wants to replace Shield with Agent Carter. I would agree. I wonder what the ratings are like. They'll on that. probably have them run concurrently. I mean, it's Disney and Marvel's way. They're not gonna like take I've, one and replace I'm, it with another. They're gonna have as many as I've they moderately can. enjoyed Shield, but if they canceled Shield today, eh, okay. Agent Carter's over next next week. Okay. If I didn't get to see that last episode of Agent Carter, eh, whatever. So what? But nothing is like nothing's been so fucking awesome that I love watching it. From Marvel's products that they've had so far, they're I'd say for me they've they've scored one that I enjoyed and one that I didn't. So they're TV products. They're TV products. So going into Daredevil, um, you know it's it's a fifty fifty shot right now. Well, a lot of the Netflix originals tend to be very well received to begin with, mm-hmm. so it has that going in its favor. Um, but this trailer did nothing to, to let me know that this is going to be a quality product. Uh, if anything, it makes me question the quality. I think it was that lame. Um, the only thing that excited me about the trailer was the use of the actual Daredevil logo. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, man, they used the real thing. Yeah. It's like... They're acknowledging it's a comic book. That's pretty cool. Although, holy shit, you don't get the sense of it being a comic book in any capacity whatsoever, aside from the use of that logo. Do you think that we're over that point, though? Like, maybe that's just a a choice. It's not like, oh, we're scared to let people know that this is a comic book. Do you think that that stigma of comic books, like, that helps things now that it's a comic book property. I don't think all the time. I mean, no? the, the approach to doing Batman, the, the most recent trilogy, I feel like they distance themselves pretty significantly from indications that it's a comic book. You're um, talking about the Nolan stuff? Yeah. That's a, that I mean, year-wise, maybe not so long ago, but in the terms of the type of products that we are, that's almost a lifetime ago. 2005, when the first Batman, when Batman Begins yeah. came, came out, yeah. to where we are now. Right now. With, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy being the biggest thing and people knowing who Groot is. Right. It's it's a, a lifetime ago. Maybe. So, I mean, back then, maybe them trying to distance themselves from comic books and the silliness or or the over-the-top nature that comic books have. The source material. Th- that's what that still that's what on, people hold on that's to That's still now. very prevalent to, to this day. I mean, maybe not with all of Marvel's products, but like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That movie, while entertaining, it, it was hampered by the fact that they distanced themselves quite significantly from the comic book roots. I think if they had kind of tried to keep that... Uh, charm of the movie, the interaction with the four brothers and everything and their master, if that was all intact, but they still made it feel more like the comic book, um, more faithful, I think that it would have been been a better product, and I feel like they pulled back because they just, for whatever reason, didn't want to follow that same trajectory as the comic. Um, or the source material. Transformers doesn't follow the source material. I don't, and look at how successful these things are. They're, they're doing very I mean, well. Yeah, and, and that, but you're also referencing. It, you're all for also referencing from one particular studio. That's one. That's Michael Bay's vision of how these 
famous 80s properties are being handled. Well, I he reference has, Nolan too, but you, you, it seems like any time I, I did, reference I, no, something, no, no, I'm to say, well, that doesn't count because this, that doesn't I, count. I'm not saying that. that it doesn't count. I'm just disagreeing I with think, you. I think we all know Ian makes his own argument at this point. Am I, am I, I'm just disagreeing. I'm not saying that it doesn't count. That's what the soulless do. Oh. <laughs> what I'm saying with Ninja Turtles and Transformers, that's coming from one, one studio. That's one guy's vision. Um, yeah, it, it does go away from the source material on both of those. So you're, which, you're 100% correct, Which is Matt. almost that never a good idea because if, if something is so good that it's going to warrant a multi-million dollar, probably multiple hundred million dollar project, why would you deviate from the things that has made it successful? I, I don't understand that well, mentality. Well, it is successful now. In fact, more so than any of the other incarnations of it. Like Transformers now is more successful than the 80s brand that we lost. No, hell no. Hell fucking no. But you're wrong. No, I'm, I'm not fucking wrong. Transformers in the 80s was not smaller than Transformers now. Transformers but, 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 fucking but, everywhere. But you're wrong. In the 80s. But you're wrong because it's a multi-billion-dollar franchise now, which it wasn't in the 80s. Relative, and we loved it. Relative. Paul. I'm to not the saying 80s, we didn't. In the way media was, in the way fame was handled in the 80s, Transformers was just as big in the 80s. It now, yeah, it has a movie, and it's different. Now, but I wouldn't say Transformers was it's is a more popular it's now. A, it's a billion right, dollar property that is not only in North America, Japan, but all over the world. It was only in those two places back then. Because, Am I wrong? Because it was the 80s. Because oh. it couldn't get to those different places. But relative popularity from now in the 80s, I'd say they're people about still even. Not, People still know who Bumblebee is, even more so now because of the films than the old stuff that we love. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that you know this this resurgence didn't happen, but there's a whole group of people that know fucking Optimus Primal more than Optimus Prime because Beast Wars had a good run. I think everybody knows who Optimus Prime yeah, is, either yeah. from the '80s or now. And now. Yeah, of course it's 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 bigger. Everything's bigger now because you can get to everything so much easier. But Transformers, but don't discount Transformers popularity in the eighties. It was I'm not. It was don't don't get butt hurt because I'm saying that it was, it was more popular. Huge in the eighties. Don't get upset because I'm saying that it makes more money now and it's more popular. Everything makes more money now. It it even if you take what it made back then. And you, you take it through time, it still would make more now. It's in more places now. Transformers. That's not a given. That's not a. By the way, that's not a given. There are franchises from the '80s that don't translate. The new Terminator movie isn't going to be as popular as it was in the '80s. I'm not. It's not a given. I'm not discounting all the lost. That sharply. I'm just. I'm not discounting. No, I don't. Actually, even though I feel really confident that this new Terminator is going to be bad, I don't want to bet on it. I'm not discounting all the lost souls and morons that think these current Transformers movies are good. I know they. I'm not even arguing that they're good. You're but, getting upset, but I'm not arguing that they're good. I'm just saying popular. Not, but I think relatively, the current Transformers hasn't eclipsed their popularity in the '80s, like you're saying that did. 
I would disagree, but... I think we need a, a, a tiebreaker here. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> we need a slap-off! Oh. See, but this is where it gets interesting, because Matt... Hates, hates the Transformers! Transformers. Now so, he and in the 80s. <laughs> so he doesn't know where to go with this. Uh, Alright, so... I think the Transformers makes more money now than it did in the 80s. I mean relative to like inflation and everything i have no idea how that how that plays out 80s versus 2015 but we're not economists no we're not we're barely comic book uh savvy to be honest no yeah i don't even know where once we're done with this argument i have no idea where we're going back to because i don't know where it came from so we're going back to daredevil not using a comic book story to tell this okay uh, television is that what is that what we're doing all right so i believe that the transformers were a bigger um cultural phenomenon in the 80s than they are now certainly the movie sales and ticket sales for it are making it very relevant today and making it a lot of money however i don't think that there is the accompanying merchandising and general like cultural permeation that existed in the 80s i feel like um it was more common for a young kid to have a transformers lunchbox then than it would be today um there's way more choices today i feel like it was back then you had maybe like the holy trinity of cartoons back and if, in the and 80s. if kids in the 80s were forced to watch transformers that's fine i'll take it and but you had <laughs> you had and and i also don't think that any of the kids that are growing up with transformers now in 20 years they're they're not going to remember who uh, jazz was they're not going to care who you know i don't even know if cliff jumper was a guy give me the give me the trinity the trinity would be transformers he-man and gi joe i think um, it's far, you're looking at me funny, but it's in terms of popularity, not what you like, Paul. Overall, for real, popularity. <laughs> no, um, are you taking Star Wars out of that equation because it's it wasn't? Well, yeah, animated. it's the cartoon. It's, it's the cartoon voice. Like Ewoks and droids were are not an option. Right, they're, they're not in the conversation. I don't even think uh, the um, the superpowers. We're, are in this conversation. No, they were I, out by then. Were no, I, I agree. I think that G.I. Joe, Transformers, um, and, and, and GoBots were <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brave Star. And but Cowboy He-Man and Space today, what a terrible idea. But today kids but that have talking horse? so many more things that they're interested in. There's so many big like um, cultural uh, forms of 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 entertainment. You have like the the whole Marvel characters, and then you have Batman and Superman that are still relevant, and and then oh, a lot Batman. of the a lot of the old eighties properties that are big again, like Turtles and, and Transformers, or even the things the that we don't acknowledge, like Power Rangers, are still. I feel like they're starting to. You're starting to see some like nostalgic comeback with. I agree because I think. The kids that grew up with it are now in their twenties, and 
like it's kind of cool to like him again. So I think that's becoming a thing again. It makes me happy that the wave of nostalgia isn't as big as it was when we got into our early 20s with Thundercats, Transforms, G.I. Joe. There was, there was this big cultural movement to bring all that stuff back. Nothing like that from the 90s has really That's because the 90s back. can't but, compare with the 80s in terms of like memorable brands. But is that because we just haven't gotten there yet? Do, no, we, do you I, think I, we haven't gotten there yet? How old's your brother? Isn't he in his mid-20s? How old am I? 20, I have 42, 65, He'll be 27 this year, I think. 28, 28. So we're way past that. Yeah, I mean, we're right, or at least right in the yeah, middle. Yeah, well, you know, when even, we, we should even see in, all in the stuff. late 90s, you, see, you, know, you saw different versions of Transformers. <clears throat> you saw that late 90s, early 2000s He-Man revival. Like a lot of the product, a lot of the properties from the '80s were re just really solid properties. Yeah. That you know, I think they're gonna keep trying to reboot for a long time. When I think of the '90s, I think of Power Rangers, Jurassic Park, Pokemon, Pokemon, stuff like Doug. Yeah, <laughs> there's and shit. Rugby yeah, Pets. salute Ren and, Ren and Stimpy. Um, but Pete and Pete? does that speak to cartoons kind of falling out of favor in the mid to late 90s? And they're, they weren't making original cartoons where when we were, you know, there was Voltron. I mean, we didn't even mention Voltron. That's another real popular one. Uh, fucking Robotech, Jason the Wheel Warriors. There, there's all no, that weird stuff. There's no comparison. Robotech. There's just no comparison to the 80s versus the 90s. And I guess the point I'm making is that the the prop especially those three that i mentioned but in this case transformers was so big to to just the general overall pop culture yes it did not have a movie to to rake in that money but it did it did have a movie well it not, just didn't rake in that money it didn't have the 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 live action they didn't have the ability to do the live action version if they did at that time that movie would have been the biggest like money maker of all time how does this relate to the daredevil trailer i have no idea well the daredevil trailer i think the concern is that it's not really following um the source material well it it may not follow the source material and and i think that's the fear you know that's that's the fan with fear that was like a play on the man without I got, fear. I gotcha. <laughs> but it was not funny at all. Oh, uh, I thought it was funny. Oh, thanks. It, well, maybe it wasn't funny. I, I thought it was clever. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, I think that it could follow the, the comic book if it's following the Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker line where it didn't look like a, a superhero comic book at all. It just looked like a bunch of talking heads and dark shadows and everything. Uh, with Alex Maleev art and then the guy that followed him that I don't know who that artist was but it looked kind of the same if that's the Daredevil that you want maybe you are going to get See, it out I, of this like, I don't think Daredevil needs to follow a previously written storyline same with Batman Like I think you can throw either one of those characters and create a brand new story and it'll be fine because I think they're strong enough characters and their worlds are developed enough that they can exist in any environment. Now, if the story's just bad on its own merit, if the writer just doesn't get it, that's a whole different, a whole different can of worms. I, I think so too. I think that these characters ha have been so well established that you kind of 
understand the rules that you can place them in and if you have a great story to kind of work itself around those rules then you're going to have a good show or a good movie but I, I don't think it's a bad thing ever when you just follow the source material it, it really isn't um, you know the, the Dark Knight trilogy borrows very liberally from Batman stories more so than the Tim Burton or the Joel Schumacher ones did and I think most people would agree the Chris Nolan ones are better and a large part of that is because they deviated less from the comics although they tried to make it feel less comic book like storyline wise it wasn't it was actually closer to the comic books um, you know the I think the the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, particularly the second movie with the Gwen Stacy plot, and then her death at the end of the movie and everything, kind of following fairly closely the her death in the uh, comic books, was extremely powerful because of that. If they had done it in a different way and tried to like maybe throw a twist in there, or do their own thing with it, then that would have probably not worked as well so I think when you follow the comic books you follow the source material you are following the reason why there was faith put in it to begin with to to venture outside of its original medium there, you can't go wrong so when you start fucking with it you're you're opening Pandora's box for disaster maybe not but maybe so you think they're gonna fuck with it sure I mean, probably, yeah. I, I would say so. I mean, usually they do. And I think you get mixed results. But when they don't, you almost always have a success. The Watchmen movie. Except the only thing people bitch about is when they deviated at the end. Um, the, the Sin City movies. Very close and faithful to the comics. Very cool. Very well-made movies. Um, so, that's... Ian, what do you have to say? You're nodding your head. I'm disagreeing with you, Matt. All right. Is that is that surprising? Nope. <laughs> that you're agreeing with Matt? Yeah. That you're agreeing in general is surprising. I'm I'm, I'm oh. agreeable. Very agreeable. I think Paul is, is very... Paul, you just got upset because I said that Transformers may possibly be more popular now than it was back in the 80s. He, I think and it's got, because he's wearing his shirt and, tonight. And deep down, it, yeah, you have that on. You have Autobot running through your your veins. I understand I've got, that. I've I feel got that a brand running through my veins. I feel not just the Autobots. <laughs> I feel that way too, Paul. But I can look at it objectively. I can also look at it objectively. Well, you got and, all mad. Well, so. it, well yeah, because <laughs> I think I may have a case. Like you monetarily, might. you might, but you're basically no. like you're a stupid head. I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's facts out there that can prove your case and could support my case. But probably ultimately, are. you're a stupid head. <laughs> Does it matter that ultimately I agree that the version in the '80s is way better and I love it just as much as you do? What, what, you're, what you're listening to right now, folks, is the disillusion of the McSauce podcast. <laughs> It, next week, it's going to be Sauce Matt. Colorful ah, podcast. Ah, I mean, like... Cussauce? Cussau? 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 That's like my name anyway. Yeah. It's M-A. 
<laughs> so this could be mad. It's just my podcast now. Yeah. I, despite the the trailer for Daredevil being super boring, I think it has the potential to be a really cool series. I don't I do want too. him to be in the black costume. I don't know him from the black costume. Every time I've read him, he's either been in the yellow or the red. So get him in the red costume. It's that's how people know Daredevil. Yep. I think if we do it for a little bit, that's fine. If it's an origin story kind couple, of deal, couple episodes, that would be fine. I understand it's going to be the black costume until the final episode or something Ugh, like that. Too much for season. Who knows how long it's even going to take to get Matt Murdock into that black costume? It might be a while. Right. Um, what are we? Ju- I, I meant to bring this up before. What are we judging this against? Are we judging it against? I know we brought up ABC's Marvel products, but since it is a Netflix product that has higher you know uh, critical value people like the netflix up way more than any abc show that's ever existed are we judging it like a netflix show or like a abc show i would think like a netflix show at least that would be my expectation although another thing i didn't see any like artistic value in it you know i've seen um you know trailers for tv shows before even the walking dead stuff like Shit I don't even watch but look cool, like Breaking Bad, um, you know, Game of Thrones. The big one that I'm thinking of is True Detective. When I saw the trailer for the True Detective show, I was like, I cannot wait for this show to come out. I see a property that I love, a character that I absolutely adore in Daredevil, and I watch a trailer, and I just couldn't... I wasn't even, like, remotely moved to to be excited. Something's not right. You know, that, that's just really unsettling to me that there was nothing about it that made me think, my God, I can't wait for this. Like a property like a comic book, which is built on art and style, exactly. just doesn't have any it, of that. It didn't feel like it had any. Even, even Gotham has its own mm-hmm. style. Well, that's it. one of the things I really like about it. has its own it. mood. Yeah. Even the Constantine trailer that we watched a couple of months ago got us going for it it had uh, a different way that they were going to present these characters and the, just the a, eyes a vi- as well just a vision and a world and this just looks like oh you have a camera all even, right even the it's more recent, shot on an iphone even the more recent eyes on the tv trailers yeah they look like they're kind of whimsical mm-hmm. but like yeah this just looks gritty it just looks dark. Yeah. Like, just dark. A lot of shadows. There's just not, nothing impressive about it. I was like, okay. I was more impressed by the Fantastic Four trailer. Well, that was a was pretty good trailer. trailer. It was a great trailer. It did show you exactly where they were going, the world that they were going to inhabit, the the style of like science fiction adventure that we were going to go on Does with these Does this Daredevil trailer make you think that there aren't going to be as many daredevil style acrobatics as there should be for who this character is I don't because you think if they had any of that stuff they would have highlighted it in this trailer I don't think that they would have been able to do that anyway uh, I wasn't expecting any of that um, I know that's the character it would be great to see it but that's not what I'm expecting from this movie mm-hmm. or from this TV show mm-hmm. like I don't see him jumping i think it's going to be a lot of real practical stuff when he's fighting villains it's going to be a real um it's going to look like it could really happen even though he has superpowers yeah i think so too 
It, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to be horrible. It could be good. But they just didn't show you anything to make you think it's going to be. Like, whereas I went into the Fantastic Four trailer thinking it's going to be garbage. Big hater. I expected it to be garbage. And frankly, I kind of still do. But they did such a good job in that trailer. It, it has completely gotten me curious. And, and I think that's exactly what a trailer is supposed to do. It's supposed to pique your interest. It's supposed to say, hey, there might be something here mm -hmm. for you that you didn't think was there. And this Daredevil trailer was just like, ah, that's pretty much what you expect. Exactly. So I think we covered Daredevil. There's, there's another bit to tonight's show uh, before we get to what you've been reading, but we both know. All three of us, we all know that we're not going to get to what you've been reading. But the other thing we want to talk about is the post-convergence DCU. Ah, yes. It was, uh. it was recently announced this past week that DC Comics is going to drop the New 52 branding. And isn't it about time? How new is new? Three I'm, fucking years. As we've talked about before, I am not a fan of using relative terms on comic books. Um, that's why renumbering is fucking stupid. All new Marvel now, or just the word now, is dumb. All new is dumb. Putting them together is extra dumb. The new 52 made sense for, you know, maybe the first year. We're in year three or five. Yeah, 2011. Four. Started in 2011. Right. It's 2015. By the time we get to them dropping it, it's it will probably have been about four years with the new 52. Now, when I first read the story, it sounded like the new 52 was going away. But as it turns out, it's just the branding that's going away. Um, and there's going to be a reshuffling of talent. Hopefully, it'll be good talent this time. Um, I think the way the way I look at the new now. 52, wait a second. When you say, hopefully, it'll be good talent this time, mm -hmm. are you saying that the New 52 did not have good talent? I think it started out with good talent. Okay. And I think that it started out with very, very passionate creators that were like let go right out of the gates. And before they could really find their footing, editorial stepped in and started dictating things to the point where these creators couldn't even work within these constraints and a lot of them quit a lot of them had not so nice things to say about dc editorial dc had a rough go for a while there and you know but but i think if they had let the creators create they would be in a much better place right now um and but instead they let their best creators go. They they let the people that I think were going to carry this new Fifty Two into you know into the next era of DC Comics, and instead they end up bringing in like fairly mundane talent to work on multiple books. So you went from Judd Winnick to writing the best Catwoman I've ever read in my life when he was writing it from issue one on with Guillaume March drawing it. What an incredible comic book. Then. For whatever reason, he leaves, and next thing you know, Anne Nascenti is writing it. And it went from being one of my favorite comic books to being her first issue was the single worst comic book I ever read. Wow. She was so bad, I dropped that book after one book. I refused to buy As it. As so you bad. should. It doesn't entertain you. Axe. Guillotine. Yeah, but 
I think it's guillotine, but... <laughs> I'm glad someone corrected him. <laughs> but... <laughs> guillotine. <laughs> but... I liked it so much you would think, well, give it, give it two issues, right? But it was so bad that it only lasted one issue with Anna yeah. Senti. And then she's off writing Have you ever... Tana, and she's writing other Anna DC King. books. I'm like... Oh, shit, look out. Are we going to dispute that, motherfuckers? Wait, let's hear it again. Guillotine. Oh, no. It looks like I was right. That can't be right. <laughs> oh. Oh! But, but for or Oregon, it was right. <laughs> Matt agrees with me. How, how many people have heard the L's pronounced thing guillotine? The fucking internet did, apparently. Put in, put in like, core, like marine I think, core. I think that guillotine... Do they say is guillotine... Is that, the, is that the way we say it in Francais? Guillotine? We? Oui? No. Hold on, Monsieur. <laughs> Core. Core for corpse. Right. For green like well, core. So are for the record, I didn't say corpse. They... I said Well you would have guillotine. But well no, they... well no. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what else what other words have a double L? A French double L. Um I don't know. I don't know. I got one. Hang on. It's coming. Versailles. Versailles. Versailles? North Versailles? All right, we're done. Matt, what were you saying? So my point is, there's so much, like, mediocre talent since I think the better talent has left the DC, the new 52. Like, you have Scott Lobdell writing DC's iconic, most enduring comic book character. And, and nobody likes Scott Lobdell. Like, everyone thinks his stuff is about as medi and mediocre is a compliment for him, I think. His stuff is about as mediocre and uninteresting as you can get. Um, most people would say it's just bad. So you have like all these writers kind of on books that they really have no business writing. Like I I'm hoping with this re like kind of focus, dropping the new 52, bringing all these new creators, I hope that they they let the creators create because DC will be in a much better place if they do. Well, that was one of the big tenants of what Dan DiDio was talking about when they announced this. That they but he was part of the problem. But Well, that's... Him that, doesn't Lee, mean right? he, that doesn't mean he can't be part of the solution. Well, usually the thing that is the reason why it's failing is usually not the thing you turn to to fix it. Usually that's the cancer you cut out of the process. But you can change... They can change their tact. CEOs don't change their tacts. They get fired. Well, they're not getting fired. They're going to be around. I don't think he's going to change his tact. I think there will be just as much creative or, um, yeah, creative road blockage. Maybe not in the first five issues or whatever of this. What are they going to call it? What's it called now? Just DCU? Yeah. Um, but the I new, think, new, I think new gonna, DCU. Yeah. All new, the all right new. now, all new, now. right now, now, new, now, not yesterday. New forty-eight. Now. Is that what it is? It's forty-eight titles now. I liked fifty-two because it rolled off the tongue because it kind of rhymed with right? new. Yeah, two and new, eight and how about the the late forty-eight? No, better late than never. What do you think? Or the great, the great forty-eight. The great forty-eight is more like it. There we go. Just, the new monitor. Maybe just 
quit being dumb. And just Maybe let's just do call DC, it the DC, DC oh, yeah, comics. DC, DC we've, comics. We've yeah. never been dumb on the McSauce comic book podcast. Oh, That's I don't mean we. I meant DC. DC. Should Marvel quit being dumb too? Yeah, Marvel just should be the Marvel quit you. being dumb. Quit with, with all, all new now. Yeah, quit with all that bullshit. Just make right, make fucking books. But dummies are still buying these books. That's why they can get away with this stuff. Is because it's successful. It makes money. I'm not saying it's not aggravating from the standpoint of someone with common sense. Mm-hmm. People still like that garbage. And there's some questionable books that DC's putting out. Well, what are some of the new ones they've announced, Paul? 24 new books alongside 24 current books that are keeping the same creative team. So they're basically keeping Which the Batman Which I'm titles. not happy about. They're keeping the Batman titles. Almost. Batman and Robin... One of my favorite books for the last three years. That's going away. Um, the artist on Batman and Robin, P, uh, Patrick Leeson, will be writing and drawing Ra- uh, Damien, son of Batman. Okay. We're a fan of Patrick Leeson on this show. That could be cool. Big fan of Patrick Leeson as an artist. He's going to have to reprove himself to me as a writer. Maybe he will. Maybe. If you were around back in the image days, this happened all the time. Well, Brian Hitch is also writing a book and drawing a book. I expect to get two issues of that before it disappears. He can take double the blame for it being late. Uh, I, I think those are the. Uh, I think there's one more. What book is Brian Hitch on? I'll probably Justice get that. Justice League of America. Oh no! Did they really do that? There's no way that's coming out. Like, it's a every every four months, quarterly. The the rumor so far for Justice League of America is that it will be the new Fifty Two Justice League, but it'll just be separate stories. So why even? Them. So not why really, even do this? Not really tied into continuity. But it's like be, a bubble. Universe. It'll be the team with Cyborg. Why do this then? It's like we're going to refresh the entire line except for this book that we've had on the shelf for a while because Brian Hitch is a slow mofo. So now that he, it's ready, we're already changing the universe over. But we no, still wouldn't Justice, use this shit. No, Justice League is still the number one Justice League book. But this will be like right. This will be oh, like so this Legends is, of the Dark Knight. Oh, Justice I thought League. I thought you were saying oh, this is Justice League America. Is that what you're saying? Yes, this is okay. Justice League of America. Okay. I think those are the those are the they're the only two books uh, being written and drawn by the same guy. I thought I I thought it says here Fabian Nicieza and Chris Cross are on Justice League America. Is this old? That was old. Old. Okay. Um. Yeah, Justice League by Brian Hitch. There's a We Are Robin book. Oh boy! By written by artist Lee Bermejo, drawn by Rob Haynes and Carrie Randolph. I don't know what the fuck this book's gonna be about. What it looks like is a bunch of inner city youths are inspired by Robin in Gotham City, so they don red clothing and put R's on their shit. And they go police their own neighborhood. That's what that's all. That's what the cover says to me. Like there's been no solicitation for this, but that's what the cover looks like, and it sounds fucking horrible. That's. I that's will not bad. be buying. We are Robin. 
That sounds bad. I will be buying Starfire by Jimmy Palmotti and Amanda Connor. Drawn by Emanuela Lupacchino. Oh. One, because she's pretty. The artist. And um, could be an interesting book. Palmotti and Connor have had a lot of success with that Harley Quinn book. And, like, nothing that they've written together has been bad. And I'm a big Amanda so, Connor fan as, you know, her art, but I don't know much about her writing. Um, yeah, she, I, well, she's doing the covers for this book, so I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll give it a swing. There's a book called Section 8 by Garth Ennis uh, based on... Section think, 8 housing? Hitman characters. I've never, I never read. Hitman, I never read Hitman. So I, I know of it. Any of that stuff. But, um, are you excited about any of these changes? It seems like you're kind of lukewarm. You being our resident DC expert. Well, there's there's stuff like Omega Men. Like, who the fuck wants to read an Omega Men book? I feel like, like Dan DiDio has such it's a the fucking hard on It's for, the OMAC thing. Exactly, and it's the same as. Infinity Men thing. I feel like this is a Dan DiDio staple. Since he's in charge, he was like, we gotta have an Omega Men book because I love the 70s. Well, no one loves that shit. Fucking quit. Quit forcing the shit. Omega Men, maybe six issues before it gets cancelled. That's unfair. I'll give it eight. <laughs> like, who the fuck wants to read that? And they're doing a Midnighter book. Who the fuck cares about Midnighter and what the fuck team is he from? Midnighter was from Stormwatch. It wasn't Stormwatch. It was jeez. It was, was a Vertigo it? thing. Is the was it the Authority? authority. Yeah, it was the Authority. And Midnighter was an okay character, and the Authority was okay, Stormwatch but not became the Authority. I, though, didn't m- maybe it? I yeah, it, was... it could have been whenever they rolled all that yeah. stuff together. Like they were, they're all right, but they were all right in a like they're a separate universe when they were an Image Wildstorm product. Like that's what they were fun as, not a part of the DC universe. Can either of you tell me about this book called Doomed by writer Scott Lobdell and artist Javier Fernandez? Oh my God, I don't even want to. Do you guys know what this is? Does this look familiar to either of you? Should it? I don't know. I don't know if it's an old Vertigo thing, if it's an old character they're bringing back, if this is new. It looks awful. It looks like... It looks like Carnage with big hands. Yeah, it looks like Carnage meets Doomsday. And it's written by Scott Lobdell. I'm clearly not getting it. Yeah, no, I'm out. Um, yeah, nothing. none of the new books really really excite me. I'd, Would like, you prefer them to stay on the New 52 route and keep telling the stories that they're doing now? Or do you want to change? The, the biggest change for me is they're taking Jeff Parker off Aquaman. And he's been amazing. Colin Bunn is going to start writing Aquaman. He's been good on Sinestro. So, could be cool. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Parker's been so fucking good on that book. That that's that's a real disappointment. Also disappointing that Robert Venditti's staying on Green Lantern. I was hoping Hal Jordan would get a whole new creative team to launch him in a new direction. Yeah, that's too bad. That's not happening. There's some, there's, you know, some cool books like uh, the Black Canary book, which looks like it, sh- it should be in the the current Batgirl vein and mm-hmm. something like Gotham Academy something a little a little quirky mm-hmm. uh, the Bizarro book which I'm not going to get but the art looks pretty slick it's very, I think very the one, animated the one that's really got my attention is Prez because it has art by Ben Caldwell who I've used as 
inspiration for me personally. I like his art. Yeah, just that kind of preview art looked really cool for it that. Does. Prez is about the teenage president. Is That's that right? <laughs> old seventies book. Yeah. But it looks like the teenage president in this book will be a girl. Mm-hmm. And what DC's being praised for for this relaunch <laughs> is the diversity of titles. They're launching a bunch of female-led books. Uh, there's and a lot of diverse talent is being brought on. There's a handful of female artists on books in these new these uh, new twenty-four. So you know they're you know they're clearly trying to answer the call of you know comic book culture right now, which is more diversity cyborg is finally getting his solo book why are you i, I don't like cyborg because how dare you cyborg and half of ian are black yes ah, well, i guess but half I, of cyborg is black too yeah, right he's half black half half uh, robot yeah i wish you were half black half robot I I do too. I, mean, I love you. To, do, I love you to death right now. But if half of you was a robot, I'd be able to do more things. I'd be a better podcaster if I was half robot. We'd probably have better sound quality. We definitely would. I'd be able to fix do it on the, with all that. I got like twitch my eyeball and fix it right on the fly. Right. Hmm. I like Is your it? Uh, you were talking about diversity. Isn't Superman getting a? A Chinese writer, Gene Yang, I think, is going to be writing Superman. Um, did some work on Avatar, the last Airbender graphic novels. For Gene Lu and Yang. Lu and Yang. Uh, yeah, Jeff Johns is leaving that book, and um, he's jumping on. Uh, John Romita Jr. is going to stay on the art, which I'm not all that thrilled about. <laughs> I'm actually it's, happy about that. You You're happy that he's still on it? John Romita yeah. Jr. is still one of the best comic book how many how many issues of this superman run have you read three look his artwork isn't the reason it's not that great it's jeff johns it's a combination no it's not it is john ramita jr is one of the matt best. i will show you the worst shins i have ever seen oh, the worst in a shins book. they it looks like superman has goat legs all right they're drawn so show poorly. me show me it's down in the basement i'm not oh, gonna get digging out right yeah. now but it figures every time somebody says I got the worst shins to show you. Oh, they're not here. Oh yeah, they're, they're not here. available. But uh. it's a it's a it's against pull list review panel of the week because it was so bad. I made a panel of the week. He's dropped the ball. Where can you find that? You can find it on mixsauce.com. I know you're I know you're a John Romita Jr. lifer, and I am too. I fucking love his stuff, but. He, 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 he drew. He drew a couple of bad shins. No, 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 no. Let's let's for real. John Romita Jr. has been. It, it's a little sketchy. Some of the stuff he's doing is sketchy. It falls into what Eric Larson is doing right now, oh, where it's not as quite as tight as you would like it to be. Come on, no, no, no. John Romita Jr. is still what? at the top of his game. Matt, he is not. You need to be more objective about this. He is not on top of his game. Where the. What week ago. was it? It might have been. It's a long time ago. I'll find it. You just keep arguing with each other. There it is. Now look at this horse shit. Come on. Legs don't fucking bend that way. You're better than this. And if this was like Brett Booth, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. That's Brett Booth. But this is John Romita Jr. He's. I thought they were going to be this. worse shins than that. That's yeah, a little me nitpicky. too. It's, it's, your argument You're, sucks, actually. Uh, yeah, that's nitpicking. But, are you, Ian, are you fucking kidding me? No, no, the no, no. Legs no. don't bend like that. That's nitpicking. They don't bend but, like that, but wow. it's a comic book. There's, right. there's but I do, to it. I do okay. agree that his artwork isn't up to par. 
But I don't agree with that example. Wait, wait. When, what's the pinnacle for JR JR? Like what? Spider-Man. You know that. Stop being silly. And, and you think that this Superman stuff is not as good yeah, as that? I do. Are we taking pictures or are we podcasting? Of his wiener over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I do, man. I think that he, oh, it was man. much... It was much tighter um, a decade ago. And I'm not saying that he can't regain that. I'm just saying that right here in this Superman stuff, it's not quite the JRJR that we all know and love. Even the stuff in like the Hit Girl shit that he did like a couple years ago, yeah. the kick-ass stuff, that stuff's better than this Superman stuff. I don't know what the difference is. I really don't. I feel like this guy has been consistent over the last 20 years. I think if you look at his 80s stuff, there's definitely like a drop-off to where he is now. He's, but, he's not even the same artist from the 80s right. till now. But I feel like since he kind of found his style in the 90s... I, I get what you're saying, but these past issues of Superman are not the same as what he's been doing before. Paul, I have not read the more recent ones. However, I do look at it every week and like, I've never opened it and been like, ooh, what's going on with this art? I'm just like, this looks great. I mean, he is such a good visual storyteller. He knows how to like lay out a page. He knows how to tell the story. He does. Visually. But it's not as tight as what he was doing before. You're going to have to show me examples because I think you're you're making no sense. We'll have to go. And I feel like I just had the same. This is like the Transformers argument that I just had. I I feel strange. Maybe you just argue too much. I don't think. I didn't even start this one, by the way. Yeah, but you jumped in, didn't you? I did because I agree with what Paul's saying. Except that the shins are not that bad. I don't agree with that. I think that's nitpicking. I'm surprised you think that's nitpicking. I do. I'm surprised you actually think it's that bad. I mean, there's certainly curvature to them, but it's just showing, like, some motion and movement. Like, that's the only way that you can create that in comic books. You have to exaggerate and... I disagree. You don't need you don't need to throw anatomy out the window to show movement. Yeah, you kind of do actually. You I don't mean, look okay, smart guy. Look at Bruce Tim artwork. Any uh, sequential art that he's ever done where he's showing any kind of like punching or kicking or flying or running, you show me like pinpoint accurate right. anatomy. I'm I'm nitpicking the legs. I'm an asshole. Whatever. His art sucks on these books. It's not as good as it used that, to be. See, now There's I, a lot of panels. I'll get you the whole fucking run when we're done on this I podcast. I have the whole run. It's not fucking good. He's and, getting old. And I'm the one that argues. He's getting old and he's losing his touch. It happens. It happens to the best of artists. It's not that good anymore. Mm. It's okay if it isn't. And it's not the, the story's fucking shit. Are you, wait, Jeff Johns are you sure lost it's his okay? fucking mind on the story. Wait, wait, wait you're, you're yelling and you're red in the face. Are you sure it's okay if he's not that good anymore? Yeah, I, yeah, because I've accepted it. But you're the one fucking fighting this battle like he's still the best artist out there. I, I, it's not really a battle to fight. I'm not acting like he's the best artist out there. But I, I don't think he's lost a step like you seem to think. You seem to think he's horrible now. Sometimes I think it's Klaus Johnson's the problem. Sometimes I think it's him rushing through stuff, but it's not the John Romita Jr. that I've come to expect. I'm not saying every issue is trash, but it's enough that... That's kind of what you just said. I'm going through a book, and there's a couple panels every issue that takes me right out of it. Hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm I'm just nitpicking. 
Maybe I'm a more sensitive comic book reader. I notice things a little better than you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, that you have a keener like eye. That's just, what it is. You just let stuff go. So long as the story's being told. So long as he's... So long as he's telling the story, it doesn't matter if his anatomy is proper. I'm so happy I came back for this. <clears throat> Fuck you, you're with him. I agreed with you the whole time except for one the the example that you pulled up, which isn't the strongest example. So fuck me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um Matt, you're excited about JRJR staying on. I love his artwork. Don't think it's been great on Superman. Maybe he'll have some better things in the future. Um, new writer. I think it's probably time for a new writer. Jeff Johns hasn't taken Superman to the places that we want it to go. I don't even know where we want Superman to go. I like so that this guy let's take it to a total fucking new direction and yeah. see where it's going I to I like end. that he doesn't have a previous comic book resume. And, you know, maybe he will bring some new light to... To a character that's been shit on for the last from, four years. From what they're saying, they're going to lean on a the, the the angle of Superman being an immigrant. Even that might be some... Oh my god, look at those shins. Bruce Tim shins. They're just <laughs> bent the wrong way. He's a terrible artist, everyone. Never never buy a Bruce Tim book. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, maybe with the angle of Superman being an immigrant, that'll be diverse enough for everybody's taste and bring a new style of storytelling to Superman. So we'll see how that goes. He needs something because Superman's a mess. He needs you to write that Superman opus that you always talk about. You have this grand Superman story that you'd like to tell. You should write that shit. We, we know what artist he wouldn't get to draw it. Oh, stop <laughs> it, Fucking half J.R.J.R. <laughs> Annie Wu, however, I don't know how I feel about Black Canary apparently being a singer in a punk band instead of a crime fighter. Oh, how alternative of them. But that's what the promo art looks like. Written by Brendan Fletcher, sounds familiar. Is anyone interested in a Black Canary book? Not really. No, mm. just not feeling chicks. How about Batmite? That sounds no, horrible. No. Written by Dan Jurgens, Matt. Your boy. Yeah, but no. He's also oh, Dan Jurgens is writing Batman Beyond with art by uh, Bernard Chang. I may have to get that because I love Bernard Chang. Yeah, me too. And I like right. Batman Beyond. And Dan Jurgens is not a bad writer, so I think that may be a pretty cool book. Yeah, overall, I'm not really super excited about the uh, post-convergence universe. The new Fifty Two really stirred up a lot of a lot of excitement. They had commercials. They did a great job with not only promoting it but capitalizing on it for at least a year afterwards. Um, they did go astray at some point, but they delivered. I mean, I can honestly say that the new Fifty Two gave me everything they told me that they were for a year. Yeah, I, I like all the different. I like all the different styles that. They're, they're going in with these new books. Uh, you know, one of the things that the New 52 got right was giving you a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the art may have looked the same with a lot of 90s guys coming back and whatever, but they gave you a lot of different genres of books to choose from, and that's what they're doing now. Like, they're keeping stuff like Gotham Academy around and Batgirl, which are really different. They're introducing more 
comedy books like Batmite and Bizarro. So you're getting a wide range of stuff to choose from, which I like. Maybe I'm not super excited about a lot of it, but I like that they're listening to the fans, they're hearing what people are saying, and they're trying to deliver. What Marvel is doing is pretty much pumping out the same superhero stuff. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're trying to diversify their lineup at all. Uh, um, and, well, I mean, should they? I mean, they're the top dog. They've been so for years. Um, they're shaking up some stuff. You know, they did the bit. Kamala Khan as Marvel. And yeah, and, and they, they do they Hawkeye. And they rebooted the regular different. Captain Marvel. Yeah, but Hawkeye's coming to coming to an end. That is one issue left. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying that in the past they've they've tried to do some different things, but not as drastically as even the New Fifty Two, where they give you an entire section of like horror books. They give you war and western. It was a real throwback to some of the old style of books. I'm curious. To I see loved All Star Western when that I, started. I, I think yeah, Dom. Liked I never. That too. You know what? I I can honestly say I never read it. So. It, oh well, then why'd you make a face like I just didn't like it? It's like what are you talking about? I I don't like Western books. Oh, okay. Generally. Well, this one was really good, except after maybe about I don't know 15, 19, 20 issues, something like that. Then they started doing this time traveling shit where really? he was like in present day, and it was like, wait, wait what are you doing? It was really bad. Yeah. But up until then. He, when it was taking place in the 1800s, it was really, really cool. You saw like a 1800s version of Gotham. You saw like some, um, you know, some of the fam, like the Wayne family, still had a presence there. The Cobblepots had a presence in in Gotham. It was pretty cool. That's cool. You'd kind of this outsider, which was Jonah Hex, coming from down south, old Confederate fighter. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Marvel's gonna. How they're going to react to DC's news. Probably. And they, and they will, because Marvel always reacts to what DC announces. The question is, will they stick to what they announce? Like, whenever DC was drawing the line at 299, I think Marvel, within hours, released a, a press release saying, we're going to do that too. We're going to lower our prices to 299. And then they never fucking followed through on it. It always feels like assholes. Like Marvel's reactions are, you know, either <laughs> fake or very minuscule because it's a David and Goliath situation. Like they're the big guy that hasn't been knocked off in a very long time. So they don't have to do anything. I guess it's not David and Goliath because David defeats Goliath. So. It's not that. And they're both pretty big, though. It's I wouldn't say it's like uh, one gargantuan company against this piddly little pissant company. It's They're both big. No, but Marvel always seems to keep DC down. DC has to really do some drastic stuff to jump over top of Well, I think Marvel. it starts with the creators. I think that, you know, if, if they could get all of their books getting the kind of critical claim that something new like Animal Man was getting when they relaunched the new 52... I think DC could fucking beat Marvel. But um, they would have to get all their books with critical acclaim like that. Well, they would, but what I'm impossible. saying is you, you, you got to put it in the hands of the creators, not editorial. That's what you have to do. And I think if they do that, that's the recipe. That's the only recipe. Because if they keep doing what they're currently doing, where editorial kind of dictates mm -hmm. the trajectory of these things, they're done. They don't have a chance. I agree that they should do something totally different than what Marvel's doing. 
to try to drive business because they're very similar companies. <clears throat> they do a lot of similar stuff. What it seems like DC's more willing to do is change exactly. up writers, change up artists, bring in brand new people to get different views, but Marvel seems to hang on to the same five, six guys and just, you know, rotate them on different books and, you know, we're cool with status quo and that's fine. I mean, they're the top dog. Why would they need to change? It's funny because, I mean, when you really look at it, the characters, they both have great characters. They have both great sets of creative teams. Um, it's weird that one company just is always on top and the other one isn't when the product's so similar. It's not like one puts out, you know, romance novels all the time and, okay, of course they don't sell as many as a superhero company. Like, it's the same product, basically. Yeah. I, I think the Marvel characters tend to resonate more with... Um, with more people um yeah they're similar but yeah i, I but, guess you know there's yeah. there's no substitute for wolverine there's no substitute for um deadpool you know there's there's no spider-man equivalent i mean after batman i feel like yeah there's just not a whole lot that DC has that Marvel can't. But it's not like these with. characters are inflexible and you can't make those changes, and the creators aren't smart, capable people that can I agree change that. the course of these characters. I feel like nobody just knows how to do it, or, no, well, or, the or they're is, afraid to do it. You can do it, but you, you have to somehow get the people on board, too. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. I don't know if it's like you just stay the course for a while until word of mouth gets around that hey this is actually really great this if you like spider-man but you kind of hate what marvel's doing with spider-man check out whatever dc yeah, check book. out the flash he's just like him right because you know? that's the stuff that they're doing on tv you know like it, yeah it works on tv people flock to that show like arrow, why can't right? you just do that stuff yeah why you can't love you batman it? just watch arrow yeah I, I don't know. I don't understand. It, it's it's really strange. Because there have been years, you know, especially when the New 52 first came out, we all liked all that stuff, I think, more than the Marvel stuff. And yeah, I think that exciting. we're... Yeah, but But with all that said, I'm more... Personally, I'm more excited for the potential of Marvel rebooting their entire line of heroes than this post-convergence DC approach. While I like it... Rebooting Marvel is so incredibly necessary in my eyes because if they don't, I'm going to be less interested than ever. Yeah. Like, I kind of am right now. Because I love those characters, but I just hate the stories. Yeah. So, I don't know what I'm more excited for because if Marvel follows through on what they said, which they don't usually do, it could be awesome. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm kind of equally indifferent to both of these things. I need to see more fleshed-out plans from Marvel. Mm -hmm. The DC stuff, I'm kind of just indifferent. I'm not... Because it's the new 52 is so fresh in my mind, and I was really excited for that, and it delivered for a long time. Mm -hmm. This stuff is not as exciting, and I'm, I'm not... I don't have as much hope for it. Fair. So there's none of, none of the new books that they announced. Are you like, yeah, I'm excited to get that. I would I'd say no. I'm not really jazzed for anything. Man, yet. that Prez one looks really cool. 
Yeah, nothing nothing has me feeling the way that I felt Easy. whenever I read a, the press release for Justice League Dark. I was like, wow, that's fucking cool. It's like the uh, it's it's the magic side of the Justice League mm-hmm. with this really cool artist and and uh, you know I, I I'd like to check that out or even the Batman with Scott Snyder who I just got finished reading his run on Batman which, or Detective Comics which was really good. The yeah, that's Black a book Mirror. that's getting dumped. Like that, Wait, Greg Capullo, and I. Justice League Dark. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant Detective. No, Comics. no, 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 like, no. Huh? But whenever the new Fifty Two came out, you paired Scott Snyder with Greg Capullo, an artist who I've loved for years. I was excited for that. There isn't anything on the slate that I feel that way for. You've loved Greg Capullo for years. Yeah. Ever since his work on a, a little title. We got a segue here. That is known as Spawn. <laughs> yes. Ian, did you know that this past week, with the release of the 250th, Paul, the 250th issue of Spawn, they have finally released the entire Spawn run in all of its digital glory. Did you uh, know that? I, I can't believe that. I also received that email, so yes. Oh, I didn't I did get an email. That. I just I saw it on the site. Because I remember McFarlane had said, Paul, it's Todd McFarlane. Longtime image creator, artist, writer. Um, oh, cool. So, it. I don't know about you, but it makes me want to go back and 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 read those early spawns. I wanted. I wanted to send you this email and ask you if you were going to spend the the money to buy the entire collection of digital spawn books. I don't know if I will. I'm thinking about it. I would. I would buy maybe one a week. But at a dollar ninety nine, which I've already paid, um, I, I may be more inclined to have to wait for that ninety nine cent sale to to splurge on any of them. Currently, and I wouldn't buy a whole like fifty of them at once. I wouldn't do that. One through two hundred and fifty, you can now get at a discounted price of one hundred and seventy four ninety nine. That's actually not that bad considering pocket it would be, change. Well, two hundred and fifty issues at two dollars a pop. That'd be $500. That's actually an insane deal if you think about it. That's why I was going to ask you if you think that that's, a, How that's something is, to do. How are they offering that? Ooh, yeah. Another 12 minutes? <laughs> actually, what's today's date? The 9th? The yeah, it expires over. tonight. <laughs> oh, shit. So in, what, 3 hours and 12 minutes? Yeah. I thought about it because I dropped off of Spawn somewhere around issue number 75, somewhere around there. Um, and I, I always thought that I wanted to go back and read the entire story and find out what happened to Al Simmons and what happened to the character of Spawn. And this would be a great way to, to go back and check it out and you know update myself it, on that. It's a great legacy in comic books. I mean, it is so... I mean, 250 issues. There are not many comic books, let alone creator-owned comic books, that last that long. That's kind of amazing. And for a character like Spawn, who at one time was at the pinnacle of popularity in the comic book world... Um, like the Transformers in the 80s. Or the Transformers in 2015. Oh, you guys made up. <laughs> That's kind of adorable. Uh, it, I don't know. I think that it's it's such a um, a lasting legacy. It's worth checking out and revisiting. Um, 
Plus, it's kind of cool just to see it in digital form. You know, you see it in that Technicolor digital iPad high-res screen instead of the, you know, fairly mediocre printing techniques that they had in 1991. Go through the guided view. It just takes you along. It whisks you along the story. Mm -hmm. Like, looking at the, those old Spawn covers, like, that's a comic book cover, man. Like, Spawn number one, the colors on it, and just the, the composition. That's the way a comic book cover should be drawn. It takes me back to the day that I bought it. Like, I can remember the... What, what like... How the sun was hitting the horizon as I walked <laughs> into the Phantom of the Attic that night. If, if you guys could only see Paul rolling his eyes on that on that particular it, statement, it was it was just it was like seven o'clock on a Saturday night. I didn't go on Wednesday. I went on a Saturday. Seven o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> a comic book nerds rolling in. <laughs> I walked in and I and and I had been hearing about Spawn for months and months at that time, and I was excited to see what this new Spider-Man looking character was going to be. Said Al, I believe this is killing me. So, so you bought it when it was new. You didn't buy it after it, it had already. No, it, it it was probably that week. Like it wasn't that Wednesday because I was a kid and I didn't go every. It wasn't Wednesday. sold out. It wasn't sold out, no. Holy shit. And I bought two of them. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I bought it at $10. Did you really? Holy because shit. Because I missed out. I didn't... Yeah. So I was reading Spider-Man until... That blows my mind that you didn't know about Image Comics and what was happening. I didn't... Like, I, didn't I was on the pulse of that shit, no, nope, No, nope. Because all you had to go on back then was what? Like, previews? Previews, but they also or had the advanced comics, as it was called, I think, back then. <laughs> I don't know advanced comics. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. Do you remember the, the there were like the inserts, the pages within the comic books where you could look through back issues and you could order back issues by like tearing stuff out, and that's the first place that I heard about Spawn. There was a big advertisement on one of those. Things. You know, it was probably there, and I didn't really notice it and the first time I even knew about Image Comics was Savage Dragon number one when I saw it on the shelf and then I got it and then you start seeing the ads and, and then you start to there's where Todd McFarlane went right. he's working on this Spawn character yeah. because you knew he got off of Spider-Man and then Larson took over but I didn't know what happened to well, him well that was the other thing when I first got into comic books like all of the within the first three months all the artists that I started liking, they all started leaving. Like yeah. Todd McFarlane left regular Spider-Man. Um, Eric Larson left Amazing Spider-Man. I think the first Spider-Man that I got was like 250 or something like that. It was the it was the last one that Eric Larson drew. And I was like, why are all these dudes that the are Doctor awesome? The Doctor Doom one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big Doctor Doom face mm -hmm. and Spider-Man on top of it. And I was like, why are all these artists leaving? It, um, it was the last Jim Lee Uncanny X-Men I got. I didn't understand why, and I went through and I read through some of the pages, and they were saying like, "Oh, this is the new Jim Lee thing, Wildcats." And yeah, but but Jim Lee went from Uncanny to to X Men. And yeah, Larson yeah. went from Amazing to, to Spider, Spider Man. But they still had those advertisements right. out there, like within that same year. Right, and I don't know about Liefeld if he was still working at that time at Marvel. But McFarlane left Hit. before any of those guys because he quit his run on Spider-Man and then Larson took over. I feel like Liefeld left at the same time as McFarlane because Liefeld's book came out first. It was a first so, image book. Right. And he was um, doing that. He was doing the crossover, the X-Force Spider-Man crossover. Okay. So 
So maybe Liefeld and McFarlane were the first two, whereas Larson and Lee were still there. Yeah, yeah, I think that that might have been how it went. But yeah, man, um, just looking at that cover and looking at all the old Spawn covers, it really takes me back, and it, I, I just love great all comics that old stuff. Just great comics to me. Like those are, you know, I know that '90s comics get poo-pooed on all the time for you know it's flamboyant characters and over-the-top character design. And, you know, relatively shallow writing, but there there was a level of excitement that is, it, it's frankly vacant from modern comics. And and when I see this, like, I would go back, I would rather go back and read old spawns than even check out, like, whatever Marvel's cooking up these days. Yeah, there, there was a level of excitement back in the 90s with this stuff that was really unmatched. I mean, people were just insane for all the image stuff, so... Um, yeah, on Comixology, by the time you hear this, the sale will be over, but um, if if you're interested in Spawn, I, or you, you like comic books at all, and you want to read something fresh and new, go back, check out the, the old Spawn stuff. It's, it's different than any of the current Marvel or DC offerings. I think that about wraps it up. I think we're out of time to do what you've been reading, which is a huge shock to me. I didn't think that would happen. It's a bummer, but oh. hey, maybe next week. One of these days. One of these days, maybe we'll get to it, but it's, it's better. Better we cover that ground and get stuck. I agree, man. You know? One of these days, we'll get back to what you've been reading. You know what? Maybe if we didn't spend half an hour talking about shitty early 90s Spawn comics, we could have talked a little what you've been reading. I think the fans like early 90s but shitty it, Spawn you comics. You know what? It happens. It happens. It was probably much, much like the Michael Bay Transformers steamrolls any of the good stuff from the '80s. Stuff like that happens. It was relevant. Spawn 250 is something that I think you bought this week. I bought as well. So I bought it and I lit it on fire in the backyard. Did you really? How dare you? I'm just kidding, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys look seriously pissed off that I even suggested. Lighting such a seminal book. There's nothing it was horrible than book burning. We learned that a long time ago. I think we did. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casale. We'll see you next time.